Welcome back to Core Anesthesia. Whether you are a student prepping for tests and boards or a CRNA here to earn CEUs, we are glad you've joined us. For more about us, make sure to check us out on Instagram at Core Anesthesia and online at coreanesthesia.com. Welcome back to Core Anesthesia. I'm Cole here with Tanner. Today we want to do a talk, more of a real talk episode regarding the transitions that a lot of students have to face in terms of bouncing from clinical site to clinical site, having a different preceptor every day. Just when you start to get used to people and the facility and how things are run there, you tend to get sent off to a new place. And just when you start to feel comfortable at that place, it's about time to leave again. And so I like to tell people that are starting school behind me, when they get into clinical, the, the best piece of advice that I give them is be prepared to be uncomfortable. And the sooner you can become comfortable being uncomfortable, the better you will do in clinical. And we wanted to talk about some of the different strategies that you can use as students when you start your first day at a different clinical site. When you're dealing with various preceptors for the first time, they don't know where you're at in your clinical rotation, how much you know, what skill level you're at. You don't know the exact way they like to do things. It just makes for a lot of unpleasant and uncomfortable situations, at least from the student side and I'm sure from the preceptor side as well. So we wanted to kind of talk about different ways that we can minimize some of the stress and difficulties that arise with those different changes. So like Cole mentioned, this episode, we want to talk about the preceptor relationship. And this is something that going into school, I was thinking about all the time management that I'd have to uh, take into consideration, the workload, the study habits, all of those things. One thing that I didn't anticipate was how much mental capacity or mental strain would be just on interpersonal relationships. Every day you go into the OR, you not only have to be prepared to provide great care for patients and know your meds, know your uh, different cases, know your plan, all those types of things. You also have to get along with a different preceptor every single day. And many times these are people that you don't know. If you are part of a program that goes from site to site, often you are with completely new people. You might be with somebody one or two days, and by the time you finally get comfortable to their way of doing things, you're on to the next site or the next clinical preceptor. So this is something that I think is a large portion of your mental space when you're thinking about a clinical day. I've often told people that anymore, I don't think that the specific cases, I don't have like a favorite case one or an, over another. I would really be okay doing any type of case. It just depends on the preceptor I'm with, whether I have a really, really stressful day. Not because of a preceptor necessarily doing things that I wouldn't do. It's just sometimes your communication needs to change or you need to figure out what they like to do, how they like to handle situations. So not only do you have to try to figure out what you would do, but also kind to kind of tailor it to the person you're with. Again, this is not saying any of these things are bad things. This is where you learn a lot of different ways to do anesthesia because you see a lot of different people doing many different things that you may have not thought of originally. And so this is something that is actually a very big positive, I think, that you get experience from a lot of different preceptors. But today we want to talk about some of the things that you can do to just make sure that this is uh, successful. And I think that managing those relationships is honestly half the battle to having a successful clinical day. So the first thing that I would tell you to do is to control the things that you can control. And so what I mean by that is there are certain things that can set your day off on the right foot or could really start you off from behind the eight ball right from the beginning. So first thing would be just to be there on time or be early. And I think that, you know, you've heard that since your first job that you need to be on time or be punctual. And 
it sounds really, really simple, but if you show up late, you show up after your preceptor, this is going to get you off on the wrong foot straight away. This is something that shows initiative, shows that you're there ready to be learning for the day. And so I think that this is just one thing that you can control. You can make sure that you can be there on time and already setting up for the cases so that that just shows initiative to these preceptors. Obviously, things happen, and when things happen and you get a flat tire or whatever, you have to roll with that. But the simplest thing you can do is or just... Or not roll with it. <laughs> or not roll with it. That <laughs> um, happened to me last year, actually. I got a flat tire and then changed it to the spare tire and then blew the spare tire out all on the way to clinical. I think I posted about that on Instagram. But um, yeah, I was not rolling with anything that day. That was a sucky, sucky day. Anyways, um, this is just something you can control and you can you can make sure you're there on time. And that really goes a long way for the preceptors to know that you're there and you're engaged. The other thing I would tell you is depending on what type of clinical site you're at, whether they would like you to reach out to the preceptors the day ahead, reach out with, them, with your plan ahead of time, just make sure you're doing those things on time. You know, preceptors are not being paid anymore to precept you. They're not, you know, getting any benefit really other than sharing uh, knowledge with you and being able to teach you. And so it's just courtesy if they have a, a set way that they want to do things, if they want you to reach out, if they want you to tell them their plan the day before, if they want you to be there an hour early, whatever it is, just do those things. Those are things that you don't have to uh, you're not going to change the way they practice just because you want to do things differently or you don't feel like those are things that you feel like you need to do. Um, so th- if if there's ways that they do it specifically at the hospital, just control what you can control. Do the things they've asked you to do ahead of time. And I think that really sets you up for a positive day. And I've always struggled with starting at different clinical sites throughout the rotation. The idea of how much confidence to portray in your abilities at the same time, not trying to come into a place and say, you know how to do it. This is the way you like to do it. When in reality, that clinical site does things completely different because let's face it, anesthesia is just as much of an art as it is science. And while there's a lot of beauty in that, it also makes it very challenging to be a student going from place to place because there are so many different ways to do the same thing. And that is to provide anesthesia. And so I always struggled with when I go somewhere I want to learn how they do things, but I don't want to make it look like I don't know anything. And so one of the things that I've learned to do is on my first day, ask questions, but I don't ask questions in a way that portrays that I don't know what I'm doing, but more along the lines of how do you like to do things here? This is how I've done things in the past. Do you like to do it this way or differently? Because that portrays that I'm thinking about these things, thinking about these questions, but I don't want to come in and change the way that they do things. Because I can imagine when I'm a preceptor, I'm not going to want somebody to come in and completely do things the opposite that the OR that I currently work at does things. And I don't want to do that as a student to these people. So on your first day, I would really encourage you, as Tanner said, get there early, look through the carts, see how they like to organize their equipment, where things are located at. Because That is really half the battle is when you go to a new place, finding out where everything's at. Do you know where the oral airways are? Do you know where the suction catheters are? Do you know where the different types of drugs are? Are there narcotics in the Pyxis? Are they in your room? Do you have to go to a pharmacy? It's just a lot of little things that make it very stressful on your first day. So again, when you go on your first day, don't necessarily think that you have to show that you know everything. 
I always give myself one or two days at a new facility to kind of go with the flow, if you will. And I try to figure out what is the flow of this new place? How do they like to do things? Do they like me to talk to the patient when they get in the room? Do I talk with them out in pre-op? Do I give them Versed in pre-op? Do I wait till they get back into the room? There's a lot of these small things that if you just watch for a day or two, pick up on the pattern, and then from then on, you can be confident and you can portray each day to your preceptor that you know how to do all these minimal tasks that show that you're trying to cooperate with their facility and how they like to do things. And I think that goes a long way. The other thing we want to talk about is how do you deal with different preceptors that you haven't had before, at least for us with our different clinical sites and how our program is arranged we will go for anywhere from two to five weeks at a different clinical site. And that clinical site may have upwards of 50 CRNAs. And so there's times where you may only be with a CRNA more than once, maybe two or three times for that whole rotation. So that means pretty much every day you're with a brand new CRNA for the first time. And you're trying to figure out how they like to do things. They don't know how you like to do things and where you're at. And this can cause a lot of stress and a lot of problems. So something that I really like to do, and Tanner brought up this point earlier that I really liked. He said, imagine that you're going to be going in the next day to do your case and there's going to be no other anesthesia providers there. Some accident's going to happen. They're not going to be able to come in and there's not a replacement. And somehow you're the only anesthesia provider in that room and you have to do the surgery. What are the things that you're going to want to look up the night before about the disease processes, about how they do things at that clinical site, where they store their equipment, et cetera? What are the things that you're going to want to do so that you can actually perform the case in the morning by yourself? Once you have that in mind, that's your plan. Once the preceptor comes into the room, hopefully you are already there. You've set up what you can. A lot of facilities may not let you set up medications such as narcotics, because you have to have the CRNAs accessed into those codes, etc. Set up what you can before they come in and have things ready to go. So I like to have syringes just pulled up, ready to go to with a fentanyl label on it so that when they do get there, I've already shown that I'm thinking about that. I'm ready to fill that up. When they walk in the room, then I'll tell them, hey, this is the case we're doing. This is the patient's demographics. This is their comorbidities. I was thinking about using this plan. This has worked well for me in the past. For example, I might want to use ketamine on this patient because they have a lot of airway diseases and this is a MAC case and I don't want to take off their drive to breathe, which is propofol, so I might want to use some ketamine. What are your thoughts on that? And I always like to end it with, what are your thoughts on this? Because I don't want to necessarily come across as this know-it-all that says, this is how I have done this in the past and this is how I'm going to do it today. I want to portray that I'm confident and that I have thought about it ahead of time, but I'm also flexible and I want to do what they want to do. And so I want to hear, do you like to use ketamine in this case? Has that worked for you in the past? If not, what other ways do you like to do this and why would you like to do it that way? Because they want to portray here that you do know what you're talking about, but you're open to learn new ways. And that's what I found very helpful. It seems to set off the relationship on the right foot in the morning. Yeah, I think the main thing you, you need to think about there... Like Cole said, nobody else is coming to help you. How are you going to get this patient safely to pack you from the start of this case? So you you have a plan of what you would do if no one else showed up, but then hold that plan really, really loosely. So as soon as they say, you know, I don't really like using ketamine. I don't really like using Presidex. I don't really like doing this, or I just give them the relaxant up front and I don't ever redose unless I really, really have to. And that might not be part of your original plan. 
And at that point, unless they really ask you, well, why would you do it differently? Just say, okay, just go with their plan. It's not going to be very productive for you to really argue and try to stick to your plan. Ultimately, you're there to learn from them. And so while you might have a way that you prefer doing things, I've learned so many things from preceptors that have done things differently than my original plan. And it's how they've done it maybe for years. And they've seen things happen that they choose not to do something that you might have included in your original plan. And, and more times than not, it works out really nicely. And it's a really nice anesthetic. And so it just kind of broadens your horizon of all the different ways that you can do anesthesia. So have that plan, but hold it really loosely and, and, and be very open to any kind of change that they would make. Ultimately, this is their anesthetic and you are a guest in that room. And so I think that it's important to just remember kind of the dynamics at play there and remember that, you know, it's a privilege to be there and to be providing anesthesia in that room. I think the other thing I would tell you is to kind of do a gut check and just think about yourself and how you tend to come across. And I think you probably have a pretty good idea about this. And if you don't ask somebody that's close to you, that's brutally honest, but you know, are you a more timid person who is going to struggle being confident or speaking up about your plan? Or are you a more overconfident person or somebody who is very assertive and likes things done in a very certain way? Just be very self-aware because preceptors see those things. Preceptors talk to one another. And so I think that there is um, value in just doing a self-assessment and realizing, hey, where do I need to grow? Do I need to be more assertive? Do I need to be uh, more confident with the plan that I'm bringing to the OR? Or is my personality where, you know, if they give me a piece of advice, I need to humbly just take that and move on with it and not try to argue or say, well, yeah, yeah, but I, I read this article or, you know, whatever that all well may be true, but you can just use that and take that with you into the future. And maybe you'll choose not to use their anesthetic for the day, but it's not going to be again, very productive to be discussing or arguing about what you would want to do compared to what they would like to do. Again, if they ask you, that's great. That's great where you have your articles backed up and they say, well, why would you want to use uh, Dilaudid in this case instead of just using uh, short acting you know, fentanyl? Or why would you use morphine in this case compared to Dilaudid? And you have a reason of why you would choose to do those things. That's going to show that you've done your research and that's really uh, the backing for your plan. But I wouldn't necessarily, again, bring it up on your own when you're trying to convince them not to do a type of anesthetic that they like to do. I think moving forward, it's really important to get a clear understanding of how they want the day to go. So especially if you're just starting out in the clinical rotations and you don't know the facility and you're not very experienced in the OR, have a clear conversation with them when you say, hey, would you like me to check with you before I push meds? Would you like me to just verify you know, the med and the dose that I'm giving. Do you want me to just manage this case and you'll be watching me? And if you have any concerns, you would stop me. But I think that also just kind of gets ahead of any awkward situations where you go and grab a syringe, maybe a fentanyl, you're about to push something and they, you know, jump out of their seat and like, Hey, stop, 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 stop. And then that's an awkward conversation there because it, the more you can communicate ahead of time to just get a clear idea of What's the game plan for the day? How do we want to manage our meds? How do we want to manage things? Uh, I think those really smooth over a lot of the awkwardness and the confrontations that happen in the OR. From my experience, 
CRNAs want to know that you're there to learn and that you're prepared and that you're driven and that you have a good attitude and you're humble, willing to take suggestions far more than they want to know that you know every single G protein coupled receptor pathway. I feel like sometimes you'll have those preceptors that really want to grill you on specific information. More often than not, if you're teachable, you're going to have a better day because that's really what they're looking for is someone who is there with a plan, confident, competent, but also is going to take feedback. So that brings up a good point. A lot of times my anxiety or nerves regarding being with a new person for the first time is what if they're going to grill me on all this information that I don't know? Are they going to expect me to know all this information? Well, obviously they do if they're going to be asking it to me, but at the same time, they may just be trying to see me get questions wrong and they keep giving me harder questions until I miss things. And how, how do we go about doing that so that we're not near as stressful, but we also have a good learning environment? Because let's face it, if I'm with somebody that is grilling me all day long, even if I am giving the right answers to the questions and I'm successfully answering them, I still feel mentally exhausted by the end of the day because it's just so much mental sharpening that's going on throughout the shift. And so I've struggled with what is the best way to approach these type of preceptors that are going to be asking lots of questions. And what I've found is I am the one that starts the questions. And what I mean by that is if I can put the first question out there in the day, show that I have initiative to try to learn new things, I found that these type of people don't expect me to know a lot of the answers to further questioning throughout the day. And it's more of a conversational piece rather than a grilling type conversation. So let's say I'm nervous that they may ask me on a specific topic for the case that we're dealing with. I may start the day by telling them something I know about the case and then saying, but I don't quite understand this part. How does it work exactly? And so by doing that, I show them, one, I already know this type of information from what I've told them. But then two, I don't quite know it fully. I still want some help on this area. Can you explain this to me? Should I do this route if something were to happen or should I do this other route? And oftentimes, either A, they don't know the answer and they say that's a great question. Or two, they fill me in, but they're just excited that I'm trying to learn. So hopefully that makes sense where if you're the one to start the questioning, it seems to me that the rest of the day goes a lot better and I'm not expected to answer all these really difficult questions. I don't know, Tanner, if you've experienced that at all. I have experienced that to some degree, but I also think what is kind of along those same lines that is really helpful is if there's something that you're struggling with, say you're struggling with getting your A-lines or at the very beginning you're struggling with your intubations, have that conversation up front because it's not very helpful when you're struggling with your intubations and you're putting the blade in the mouth, you're struggling. All of a sudden, this preceptor is learning for the first time, hey, you don't know what you're doing. And they're jumping over because they're nervous. And now everything is kind of a cluster. Your learning opportunity is probably missed. And there's many different ways you can get ahead of that. So at the beginning of the day, you can say, hey, Today we have four generals in this room. I'm really struggling with intubating. What I think I'm struggling with is after I get the blade in the mouth, I can see epiglottis. It just doesn't seem like I'm, you know, getting all the way up in the molecular or, you know, whatever your problem is. Then at that point, they're already on board with helping you when you get to that point. And so they might suggest things with ramping or with positioning the patient to make you successful. 
But then when you get to that point, it's already a teaching moment instead of a freak out moment, patient safety is at risk, and we're just going to take this over from you. It just gets ahead of those things so much better than if you cross that bridge while you're actually you know, providing patient care. So like Cole said, if you have things about the procedure that maybe you have further questions on or uh, I'm doing OB right now, so something I ask everybody that I'm with is kind of their redosing cocktails or what they like to put in their spinals. That might be something that somebody would grill me on. Hey, this patient's five six. What is your spinal dose going to be? When I flip that around, like Cole's saying, in the morning I might say, hey, I was with so-and-so yesterday. They like to use a little bit of fentanyl uh, in their spinal. They also use a little bit of Duramorph. Uh, this is usually the dosing that I'm using. What do you like to do? And then they're telling me what they put in their spinal instead of having that be a question that I'm grilled on later. And again, if it's a skill that you're struggling with, I think just bringing that up ahead of time. They want you to be successful and they want the patient to be safe. And so at that point, they can be calmly talking you through, okay, blade's going in. Do you see the epiglottis? Okay, good. Hey, how about you just advance a little bit farther here before lifting? I think that might help you seat better in the vlecula. Those types of conversations are much more smooth and productive when you've had the conversations prior, and I think that's just really helpful and will pay dividends for you having a, a better day. And I think a lot of this initiative that you put forth, whether it be asking the questions, telling the preceptor where you're weak on and what areas you want to in- improve on, this really shows that you're there to learn, you're there to become the best anesthesia provider that you can be, and ultimately, that's what the preceptor wants. I don't think anybody expects you to come in and perform everything perfectly to the point that they would. There's obviously learning experiences for every individual. Even when you become a CRNA, you're going to continue to learn every single day. And a lot of CRNAs have told me this when I'm with them, that there are things that come up that I might ask a question and they don't know the answer to it and we learn together. And so it's always a learning environment. That's the beauty of healthcare. But if you can come in and show that initiative, show that you're wanting to learn, because we're obviously students that know way less and have more learning that needs to be done than the CRNAs themselves. So if you show that you want to learn off of their knowledge and just grow into a better anesthesia provider, that's just going to show leaps and bounds uh, to help your day become better. And just do a good self-assessment and kind of take stock of your own personality. If you're a person who tends to be very type A, lots of questions, wants everything done a certain way, six o'clock in the morning when your CRNA walks into the room for the first time might not be the best time that you unload every single one of these questions and all this stuff right on them all at one time. This is also something just, just, Learn to read the room and read your preceptors. If your preceptor isn't very talkative, it's not your job to try to have a conversation with them all day. When they're sitting over, you know, five feet away from you and they might be, you know, doing something else or talking, you, you, you don't need to try to converse with them all day. If they ask you a lot of questions and maybe that's really overwhelming, you know, that's also something that you can just, um, kind of read the room and, and make sure that you show that you're very engaged and that you know that you're answering their questions and you're interested in what they're talking about don't be disinterested or you know act like you don't care or this is really annoying or you know whatever it is just just read the room read the preceptors everybody has different personalities this is not anything specific to anesthesia this is something that will happen wherever you go and some days you just don't click some days you and the preceptor just you probably aren't going to hang out outside of this OR on this specific day, and that's okay. 
but making sure that you remain professional and that you realize that you are in their OR, you're there to learn from them. And so they set the ground rules and you abide by those ground rules while you're in their OR. If they have specific ways they like to manage cases, you're going to do that for that day. And that's okay. And that might be frustrating to you because you like to do it a different way or you want to do things differently. But I think just showing deference and respect that you are in their OR and however they want to run the day, you're going to be subject to that for that day. And and I'm not saying that if things are going wrong or badly that you have no voice or you have no ability to get help or um, make change. But I'm saying for the the vast majority of your cases, um, it's not your job to to change what the preceptor would like to do or, or how they like to run their room. So um, yeah, just, just kind of evaluate kind of your personality, how that might come across. And then uh, when you meet your preceptor for the day, just figure out what would make the day go better as far as how you communicate with them. And we feel that the preceptor is going to get a lot of information about how you are as an anesthesia provider in the first 30 seconds of you talking to the patient preoperatively before you start the case. And what we mean by that is when you and the CRNA go in to interview the patient or to pick up the patient to take them back to the OR, or if at this facility you don't even see the patient until they come into the OR, you're still going to do some type of an assessment, at least you should, on that patient before you provide anesthesia to them. And in that first 30 seconds, if you portray a lot of confidence, and I do not mean cockiness, there is a difference here, but confidence, you are smooth with the questions you ask, you're able to joke around with the patient, read how the patient is acting, are they anxious, are they nervous, are they excited to get this over with? If you read into that and you go along with the patient, that social aspect of it goes a long way. And if you're able to just smoothly have a conversation with them, ask the right questions, be confident in your ability as an anesthesia provider in front of that patient, that goes a long way. Because you and I both know that you probably don't feel near as confident if you're starting brand new once that patient's asleep. But you don't have to let the patient understand that. If you provide that confidence to the patient that you're going to take good care of them, you're the last eyes that patient's going to see as they fall asleep. And so my goal is always to make that patient feel as comfortable as possible. And I communicate every step that I'm doing when I hook up the blood pressure cuff, I say, okay, your arm's going to be getting squeezed here with this blood pressure cuff. We're going to be having some cold stickers go on your chest, a sticker on your finger. I'm going to place a mask on you here. It's just going to blow some oxygen in your nose and your mouth. Those, those things that you're communicating while you're setting up in the OR with the patient go a long way and shows that you have confidence in your anesthesia abilities. And I think that your CRNA will respect you a lot more if you can do that. And once the patient's asleep and now it's time to intubate and start doing procedural things, if you're not as practiced with these type of skills, your CRNAs are going to be a lot more, in my mind, helpful and willing to walk you through different steps if you've already shown that you're pretty good in those first couple minutes. Before we wrap up, just a couple of things we want to also mention is that there are many days that one preceptor is going to tell you one thing and the next day you're going to be told the exact opposite thing. And again, sometimes communication can come off as 
very straightforward or maybe that this is how you definitely always should do it and I can't believe you didn't do it this way. And a lot of times that's probably not what they mean. It just maybe it's how it comes across. Taping the eyes is a great example. Some people say as soon as you're starting to give your meds and they've lost lid, then you're going to tape the eyes because you have a risk of causing corneal abrasions while you're moving the mask around, all that kind of thing. Other people are going to tell you, you never tape the eyes right then because you're going to be losing your pre-oxygenation and then you're going to have a quicker DSAT when you go to intubate. I've had people fully convinced on both sides of this argument. And so one day I might tape the eyes and they would say, don't do that. And the next day I wouldn't tape the eyes and they'd say, please tape the eyes before you go any further. Those are moments that you just have to be humble and just say thank you and you do exactly what they tell you to do. It's not the moment where you need to explain why you did it this the way or defend yourself. Just thank them for their input. Thank them for coaching you and move on. Be teachable. And sometimes that is one of the hardest things to do because you have a list of 10 reasons of why you did exactly what you did. And sometimes it's appropriate to discuss that with the preceptor maybe later. But many times when they tell you to do something, it is going to take everything in you to just swallow your pride and say thank you and move on but many times those are just not battles worth fighting and you can know why you did it and be confident that maybe that's something you'll choose to do later when you practice independently but I think that's going to save you a million little arguments when you are able to just accept what they say and move on the last thing that I just want to mention before we finish this episode is that this is not a small thing the whole time you're trying to prove your competence and show that you know exactly what you're doing while at the same time balancing that with humility and showing that you're equally teachable and that you are ready to learn and hear what they have to say and how they like to do their anesthetic. So you're trying to balance these things that might seem like polar opposites at times when you feel like you should be in control of a situation or control of the room and you're also being taught on every little thing that you do. And it is a juggling act. And I'm not trying to say that it's easy. So give yourself some grace too. When you have bad days, we all have bad days. And maybe there's some days that are really, really frustrating for you because of how you interacted with preceptors or how things went down or how you managed the case and you thought that it should be managed differently. You're going to have those days that are really frustrating. And there is definitely that tension between your confidence and your humility and being able to balance those both equally is difficult and tricky. So reach out to your classmates. Um, I think that people can really get on a bandwagon of being negative about things and, oh yeah, I had the same experience and you can kind of spiral into really, really negative talks, but you can also be there to support each other and know that this is a really difficult thing and very diff and very hard and that people aren't alone when they go through these difficult days with preceptors. So overall, it is, I think, an incredible opportunity to have so many different people teaching you how to do anesthesia. You can take what you want from each of these cases and ultimately build the type of anesthetic that you would like to give. It doesn't come without its difficulties, but I think that these are just simple ways that we've talked about today that you can set yourself up for success. And by doing these things, I think it's really going to show that you're taking initiative and show that you are engaged and active in your learning. And I think that will pay large dividends as you go throughout your clinical sites.